listening to She's a Powerhouse. My name is Holly Calloway, and I'm here to share with you some stories of ordinary women who have done some extraordinary things in hopes that you'll get comfortable being uncomfortable, be okay with pushing your boundaries, and do some extraordinary things yourself. Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of She's a Powerhouse. Today we have with us Dr. Manuela, and she is coming all the way from, well, she's in Colorado. She's from Texas, um, and she's joining us for the Shattered Glass Symposium. So Dr. Manuela Powell um, has a very interesting background. She found us through another Facebook group, um, and I love when that happens because y'all know I love to be like kind of nationwide, and jumped in and helped us out with a ton of stuff. And she became this, like, she's just this amazing magnetic personality that you cannot get away from. And it's absolutely fantastic. (laughs) Everybody loves her. Um, and so when we were putting together this symposium, her name came up over and over and over and over and over. And I thought, yes, absolutely. That's exactly the kind of energy we need for this space. And then when we came to the conclusion that we also needed to feature these women on the podcast, I was so stinking stoked. So excited to have her on because I absolutely adore her. So Dr. Manuela Powell. And I know we drop the doctor often. I'm with you because I'm also Dr. Holly Calloway. Nobody ever calls me doctor and that's okay because it has nothing to do with my current profession. Like I'm totally fine with it. Um, but welcome, ma'am. Thank welcome you. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here to chat with you. I know, I, I, you know, I love you too. So it's so mutual. I do. It's a very mutual, <laughs> good energy exchange. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. So let's start by talking about audacious motherhood. And what you're all about, because it is so needed and because we want to know you better. Tell us, tell us about your current career path and what it is that you do for women. Yeah. So, well, I used to be a cancer surgeon and then I decided to quit medicine because I was moving back to the U.S. I'm from Brazil originally, and I was moving back to the U.S. with a two-year-old and a two-month-old. And I was like, you know what? And I was 44. Let's just say that too. So 44 with a newborn. Ah. Oh. It's tough. So <laughs> I decided that I actually wanted to raise my kids and see them uh, more than once a week. So I decided to quit medicine. And after, I don't know, maybe a year and a half of like, what am I going to do with my life? My husband lovingly suggested I look for a coach. And I was like, I don't play any sports. Why would I need a coach? That's how clueless I was about coaching. But then I started researching and it was literally love at first sight. I'm like, this is it. This is what I need to do for my life. <laughs> and eventually my, my focus became to help moms and people were like, you need to help doctors and nurses and patients. But I think the motherhood thing, maybe because I was so quote unquote old <laughs> when I had kids, it was to me just so much more important to talk about it was the thing that I was like, I can talk about this until the cows come home. I can just talk about the patriarchy and all the ways that we are, you know, conditioned to think that we're made to serve and then we become moms. And even when you're a super badass cancer surgeon firefighter, you're like, oh, now I'm the servant <laughs> to all these people. <laughs> so that's how Audacious Motherhood came about. <laughs> More or and, less. <laughs> I, I love that. And so tell us about your community and like what you've, what you've grown under your, your wings, what, what you've taken in. Yeah. So I started when, when that hit me and that was, I had another niche that was kind of like, yeah, that's fine. I'll do that. But it was not like the thing that called me. And during the pandemic, for some reason, it was when it hit me that I had gone through that. Like I had gone through the, I don't know who I am anymore. And 
I'm I'm just a mom. I'm this knack bitch. I don't know. I'm just like that person who was there to serve everyone to being like, no, wait, I think, I think I still have this or now I change this thing, but I, it's okay that I want these things. It's okay that I love work. It's okay that I have other interests. It's okay that I, I started doing improv comedy when I moved to Austin. So, and all these things meant I was away from my kids. So I think when I noticed that, and I noticed so many people around me trying to do the same, I'm like, you know, one thing that I really, really want is to have is to have a community so people know that this is fine and it's okay. And of course, of course this happens because motherhood is a big deal. <laughs> it changes us so much. Uh, so I created a Facebook group and I started to just really try to gather the people around that want to hear, you know, a lot of curse words and a lot of imperfect, messy, flawed motherhood so that they know that it's not all Pinterest and Instagram. It's also, it's way more this <laughs> than, than the beautiful, perfect um, social media stuff. The highlight reel, right? Yeah. That's just the highlight right. reel. Yeah, I realized exactly. the other day I accidentally signed into my personal Instagram. Like <laughs> I, I realized I didn't even have it on, I got a new phone months ago and I was like, oh, that account isn't even on here. Like I'd never signed it. So I signed in. Um, or it asked me, prompted me, whatever, like I'd been on some other device, whatever. Anyway, ended up on my personal Instagram. My four-year-old just turned four. The last post I put up was when he turned three. I was like, there's something about this. It was a little bit pandemic. It was a little about the business growth. It was a little bit about personal stuff going on, blah, blah, blah. But I was like, somehow in all of this, and it was probably damn when I found you, somehow in all of this, I stopped trying to be an Instagram mom. Like I stopped trying to show everybody the highlight reel. And it has been, first of all, all of the attention that I can give to other things, like actually being around for my kids and actually building the business that supports them. And actually, you know what I mean? Like the things that take a whole different kind of energy I've had time for, because I'm not worried about making a picture perfect social media highlight reel like, and all of my social media now, most of it's through Facebook or like my business pages or whatever, but even those just stupid, authentic, like yeah, there's no mask. I don't even really know. And this is going to sound bad post pandemic, but I don't even know how to put one on anymore. Right. Like <laughs> yeah. I'll wear one in an airport, but I don't know how to put on the, um, I'm perfect or this is amazing. And yeah. my kids are always awesome and blah, blah, blah. Like my kids are shitheads nine times out of 10. And when other moms are like yours too, I'm like, Oh, mine too. Yes. Yes. Of course. We call all of my kids have gone through a sour patch kids phase where they're sour and then they're sweet. My four-year-old's in it. It's the best. It was the absolute yeah, best. I have, I I have two of those. Yeah. They're definitely on that. And like, and the thing is, I think I was never, even when I was a doctor, I was very much uh, I think real, like if, if a patient would ask me a question that I didn't know what the answer was, I was like, you know, I don't know. Let's go find out the answer. Let me research. Let me call someone. Let me send you to a person. I don't know. But I didn't have all the, I don't have all the, nobody has all the answers. And I was completely fine in telling them that because I think that, especially with, with being a surgeon, it's like, oh my gosh, you're like a super powerful thing. I'm like, no, I studied a bunch and I had to go through all this shit and all that. But you know, you could do it too. If you had, you know, if you wanted to stay up for, I don't know, four nights a week <laughs> for decades, it's just, and the motherhood's the same thing. It's like, 
I see even my my nieces and nephews, like they dress all cute to go anywhere. My kids are a mess. Like, you know, they're just, I'm just like, you know what? You're going to get super dirty the moment you step outside of the house anyway. Like they're super active. They love mud and all the things. And so it's like, that's what it is. And I'm not going to, you know, pretend it's not. Yeah. That's because they look cute when they step out of the house. And then by the time they get back, you're washing dirt out of hundred dollar dresses instead of $12 target dresses. Like why bother? Why bother? (laughs) My youngest, sorry, this is a total rabbit hole and I'm not going to, we're not just going to talk about our kids all day. I promise, but I very rarely get to. So I love this. My, so the, the four, gosh, and all the stories seem to be about the four-year-old. I have an eight-year-old who's amazing and a six-year-old who's also amazing. The The four-year-olds are crazy. Let's just, you know, I have one too. It's an age. Freaking insane. Thing, right? It's a thing at that age. Um, the, the fight I wasn't willing to have, and we all have these, the fight I was not willing to have the other day was he was wearing his flip-flops, would not wear anything else. I'm like, cool, wear your flip-flops to take care. Two socks, one of which was um, belongs to the very young one that we live with. So it was like a baby sock that barely covered his heel. And the other one I'm pretty sure was his dad's because it went like almost to his thigh. Could not convince him that he should just find a matching pair. Like if you're going to wear socks and flip-flops, can we at least have two that look the same? No. And I couldn't convince him to take them off. Like that was what we were wearing today. So I dropped him off and I was like, I just, I didn't, and I looked her in the eyes and I went, it wasn't the fight I was willing to have today. And she just gave me this like sweet head shake look of like, oh mama, nobody here cares. Like she's like, it's fine. It happens all the time. Don't worry about it. But I was like, I am not going to be that mom. Who's like going to make your kid cry over socks. Like wear the socks, whatever. It's not the end. I let my kids wear whatever too. And now that my oldest who's six started kindergarten last year, I was like, okay, don't wear the ripped, horrendous <laughs> shirt. Like, let's just put something that is kind of decent, that doesn't, you know, that looks like you haven't been just attacked by a bear. But otherwise, we have house whatever. clothes and out of the house clothes. Like, you can wear that at home, feel free. But if we're like going yeah. somewhere, let's put yeah. on something that's not stained and ripped. I feel you on that one. Like, there's some rules, there's just not very many. I love that. Absolutely. <laughs> so, okay. So, tell me about monetizing motherhood. I love that you have turned this into a business and I want to hit on this. There's always something I want my listeners to hear out of any business owner. There's earlier today, we were talking to a gal who's opened five companies under one umbrella and like just pushing that type of scaling. Cause it was all verticals, like adjacent verticals. Mm-hmm. If you are good at something, people will pay you to do it. And I feel like that's the lesson I've learned from watching you grow this since the pandemic started is that you are really good at what you do and people pay you for it. Where did that click? When did that become a thing for you? You know, it's, I had a bit of a crisis. Like, so I, I decided on this. I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is my niche. This is amazing. I felt like in my, even now talking about it, I have goosebumps because I love it so much. And then for a few months, of course, things are slow. Things are not growing. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what's happening? Something is wrong with me because everybody's making money and all that, right? So um, during a particularly down day, this this person who who is a person that I really respect, who is a man, I must say, because it's relevant, because it's motherhood, um, he said, he had said, oh, you know, if you ever need any advice in business, I'm so here for you. I think you're amazing. I want to help you, blah, blah. So this day I reach out to him and I say, I don't know what's going on. And he says, you know what? I think your niche is the problem. I think your niche, you never got, you're going to take so long to make money with moms because blah, 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 blah. Moms don't prioritize themselves. Moms don't have, I don't know, a bunch of things. 
you should definitely work with doctors and nurses. And that thing just like broke my brain because this is the person who knows. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm never going to make money with this. And I spent a while like, should I change my niche? But then thank God, eventually I was able to coach myself. And also I do have a coach to kind of like, okay, what is the deal with that? And the moment I decided that I don't care if it's going to take 50, 100 years, I'm just, it's going to work because I'm not going to quit. So there's no other option. So it's going to work. This is my niche. This is what I love doing. This is what I'm going to do. And once I think once that was, I'm going to find another job, I'm going to do, I'm just going to do something, but this will work. I think that was the moment because the same week I started signing clients, you know, and and it started going because I think it was the, I do believe in mindset so much. And I think I had that, oh, I don't know, moms are not going to do it because especially now in the pandemic, of course we need it, but we don't like, when are we going to do this and all that? But the moment I allowed that to be there, I'm like, you know what? It's fine. It's going to take a million years. I don't care. And really said, okay, I'm just going to help people then. I'm just going to go in my group and Facebook and whatever and do whatever I can. That was the thing that, that was different. Almost like an energetic switch. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. It was just, nothing was different. I didn't post less, more different. I was probably, I could literally write the same words. Although when I go back now, I see a little bit of that. If I really analyze it, I see a little bit of like, but can you really be this kind of convincing people that life coaching is you should, everybody should have it. Cause it's amazing. And now it's just like, this is amazing. If you're not having, I mean, if you don't want to buy this, okay, crazy, whatever. It's like when some people would come to my office with cancer and they didn't want surgery, like, okay, I mean, it's your life. You know, I, this is definitely what you need to do. <laughs> but if you don't want to pay an expert to tell you that it's fine, that's, yeah, yeah go, I feel I don't like, know. Yeah. I feel like, <laughs> We were just we were just talking the other day about how um, not everybody's for you, and that's okay. That's okay. I think that was a, it's, exactly the thing. Stop trying to convincing the people, and just talk to the person who are ready. Because there's so there's so many people who are ready. So yeah, I was stop looking doing for like you. yeah that whole like hey this is why you need me. And more like, oh, this is where you are and I can help you with it. There is a solution. Because when you're in that pit, you're like, I, I, there's there's nothing I can do and there's no control. There's nothing. But if you're already ready to hear something that will help you and kind of like, okay, I'm going to try this thing out. That is the yeah. person that I want to talk to. Not the people who like, this is BS. This doesn't work. This is whatever. Because there's a lot of that. And I don't mind. <laughs> right. And okay. when you can let it roll off your back, like it's whatever. Yeah. And it's, there's, I I feel like, and I'm just musing here, that like old school kind of sales tactics have really infiltrated everybody who thinks they want to run a business. And so like, we want to answer the objections and get them to say yes, no matter whether they need us or not. Yeah. And there yeah. is so, there are so many people on this planet who need what you have. You don't need to spend any extra energy. We waste so much energy doing this. You do not need to waste any extra energy trying to convince somebody they're ready for you. When they are ready, they will show up. Like, yeah. And, and that changed my concepts completely. People. Yeah. Oh, that changed yeah, my yeah, concepts yeah, yeah, because yeah. before I was like, oh, I have this list and there's objections. And now I'm just like, I'm just talking to this person. I'm like, here's how I can help. Here's the pattern. Here are the patterns I see. Here's what we can do. And here's my price here, how, how it work. You want it? Great. You don't want it. Okay, cool. I hope you got something from this call and like, go on. Like maybe one day you want, I don't know. Like, but that's, 
that I really don't have any attachments. And I started loving consoles. Even when people tell me, no, I'm still like, I just get to hang out with this person. And I know it helps a little bit because when someone say, hey, here's the pattern, Mm-hmm. You can already, even if you don't go through coaching, you can already, oh, wait, yes, I see that and start being aware in your life. And that yeah. in itself might change things. Yeah. And they, yeah, staring at, showing it objectively. And that can mm-hmm. start that cascade of change, which if that for you is, is good, again, good energy exchange, right? Throughout that. Yeah. And that's amazing. Yeah. Gosh, I love that. I love that. I love that. So what was your very first job? My very first <laughs> It's kind of absurd because in Brazil, we don't do teenager jobs because unfortunately there's so many people who don't have jobs. That the teens are like lowest on the list, right? Like they, we're, they're good. We're not worried it's about that. It's not a thing, which I deeply regret because I think it would be really fun to work as a teenager instead of just putzing around for the whole summer. But anyway, so my first job was really when I was in medical school and I went to work at a hospital. <laughs> you know, That's as, awesome though. Yeah. So I worked as a lab technician. So I would do the, you know, the, the exams, the whatever, make you have, you need your hemogram or whatever. And I would just like pipette everything. And, and give it. that was really cool. Cause I think it gave me a view of that. So when I actually started requesting those tests, I'm like, Oh, I know exactly what's happening. Exactly. How long this mistakes and all the pitfalls when a, a exam result was kind of weird. I'm like, Oh, I kind of know what could have happened here. So that was super helpful. Yeah. Oh, that's super cool. I love that. I was yeah. a, um, uh, well, medical assistant nurse kind of all AMT. I've done all kinds of things in the medical mm-hmm. world. Um, but I always, even as a doctor would have gone back to be a phlebotomist. Like I love oh, drawing yeah, blood. It's too. such a weird thing. Is that funny? <laughs> I think there's a little bit of Jack the Ripper in us. <laughs> it's like our safe like way of that. getting that, that like feeling out. And yeah. I don't think we've ever talked about this. I ended up a chiropractor because I wanted to be an orthopedic surgeon. Mm. Like I was going to school f- like for that and ended up working in a chiropractor's office because I had my nursing background and they needed that in the office. And they were like, helping people not have the surgeries. And I was like, Oh, that's cool. I could do that. And the school was super close and I really fit really well with the like philosophy of it and whatever. But like, I wanted to be a surgeon to cut people so bad. And I know that's the weirdest (laughs) thing to know about yourself is that like, I just wanted to like, so, and then our school had, um, uh, we actually did pro sections. Like, so I would go in and dissect for younger classes. Right. And like, I, I almost got that out of my system. I was like, okay, you, you've done that it now. Like, maybe it's yeah. a little better. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, yeah. When I tell people, it's like, oh, I really love blood. People, okay. Right. <laughs> like, I, Let me go over here. <laughs> it's a little strange. And I like, I don't mind, like, I love, yes, I love blood. I don't mind very many bodily things. Like, I worked in an mm-hmm. ER. Nothing phases me oh, except yeah. spit. For some reason, spit oh, is like, yeah. is that a thing? I, uh, for me, it is. And two things Isn't that I'm weird? very gross spit and the little food on the bottom of the sink. My husband is like, you are a surgeon. I'm like, I cannot deal with it. You have to, please. That's not the state that that matter is supposed to be in. I was like, I can deal with people. And I was a firefighter. Like I went to rescue people, like as it happened, right? Like jaws of life and stuff. And I was like, no, I can deal with people with no heads, no no limbs, no things. But like that little rice over there. Nope. That used (laughs) to be bread. And now it's a puddle of goo and I, I can't know. touch it. Oh, no. I'm with you. 
Oh, that's so funny. Aren't humans the funniest thing? Like our brains are amazing. Absolutely amazing. (laughs) So, okay. So when you were a teenager running around in the summers and not doing things, what did you think you wanted to be when you, (laughs) sorry, I'm sure you did things. Honestly, I'm a little bit jealous of your summers in Brazil. I'm not going to lie. Right. I know. Um, No, I know. I'm jealous of it too now. (laughs) Right. I'm like, I want to go back. I want to go back. Why did it's like when we curse naps when we're kids and then when we're adults, we want nothing more than I tell my kids. I'm like, oh, I'm going to regret this. Right. (laughs) You're going to regret every nap you don't take. Um, But what did did you want to be when you grew up? Oh, so I went through several phases. I never wanted to be a doctor. That is the most interesting thing. Um, But so when I was very young, I wanted to be a veterinarian. But because I liked animals, I don't think it had to do specifically with the medicine part of it. And then when I started growing up a little bit, I went through several things. I went, I think the most, the thing that was more almost happened was being an architect and Mm. hilarious because in Brazil to, to be an architect, you have to pass a a test, a drawing test. And I was like, oh, I can't pass a drawing test. I can't draw. And that was talk about limiting beliefs. I did not take the test. I just decided I was not going to pass. And because in Brazil, we don't have college, you go straight from high school to university. It's like at 16, you need to know what you're going to do for your life, the rest of your life, which is impossible. So I was like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And then I was like, oh, I'm going to go, I'm going to go to business school because okay, architecture is not for me because I can't pass that. And which is so funny because I ended up being a surgeon. So right. I do have manual dexterity and not only that, but I actually can draw. I draw pretty well, by the way. Surprise. <laughs> Sign up. Oh, I love that. That's so awesome. yeah, it's, it's insane. But yeah, we've been through all the things and mm-hmm. it's good. And, and now <laughs> surgeon to coach, which is phenomenal. Exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, so in, in the building of the audacious motherhood brand, what's been your biggest hurdle that you've come up against? I think in the beginning was just realizing that, yes, there are so many amazing resources in the world, but you just have to pick and choose and just stick to something mm-hmm. and then listen to yourself. Mm-hmm. I think in the beginning, I was like, I'm going to take this course, this course, I'm going to listen to all of these podcasts. I'm going to read 71 million books and I'm all for learning, love learning. I, I, I'm totally addicted to learning, but I was doing a lot of learning without taking the action. So it was like, oh, I have all this information and sometimes it's conflicting. And then of course that makes you doubt yourself because you're just, you know, I had my, my own business before as, as a doctor, I had my private practice with employees and all that, but it's completely different when you go to the online world. So I was like, oh, I don't know anything about this. So of course I have to listen to all the people and do all the things. And that was, I think if I had just since the beginning, kind of, I, this is what I'm going to do. And like, I'm following this philosophy and that one, and the rest is going to be me. And trust myself when something did not land with me. For instance, oh, you have to cold DM people. That is not me. Like if you do that, like it works for you, good for you. <laughs> Doesn't, it's just not my, I cannot do it. I'm super introverted. I can't just like start talking to people out of nowhere and like show up. It's just not the thing that I do. So I think if I realized these things before and just trusted myself, even though it was a thing that I hadn't done before, I had a lot of experience that could inform that. I think it would have been, it would have been easier. I feel that, that, yeah, the overconsumption and not enough production. Mm -hmm. So then eventually what I did was I can only consume whatever I consume for one hour. I have to take action for like two hours. That was like a thing, you know, I was like, like yeah, as I 
I'm going to watch a course. Okay, fine. I'm going to watch a course. They're going to have worksheets and things to do. You're going to go do those things so that you can continue the course. Because it's not just watching Netflix. It's just like, it's a hobby, right? You're, which is fine. And I still love that hobby. And sometimes I do it. But I'm conscious of it now. But when I really know this is this is not how I run my business. It's just like, okay, it's fun to listen to all the podcasts. But I don't necessarily, you know, will trust my business to all the people. Right. Yes. And like taking the bits and pieces of things. And that's part of our, like, not everybody has the same path. Like there's something that works for everybody, but not one thing that works for everybody kind of thing is like, you take the bits and pieces and that actually, so honestly, that's one of the things we see most often, especially in like startup gold, like the women who are just getting started is it's almost a form of procrastination. And we end up Mm -hmm. finding out that it's centered in anxiety of like, if I just learn more, it can be perfect. And then it'll like, when I start, it'll be better or infallible. They want to be infallible when they start and they can't, you can't, sorry, experience is the best teacher. You you cannot, will not ever do things just so. And using that as the way to procrastinate for forever, because I don't know enough yet. I'm not there yet. Funny enough, at the end of last week, I, my business partner, I was like, I need, he, he helps run a, a, like a mastermind group for seven figure um, entrepreneurs. That's different from our mastermind. So our mastermind is all female business owners and he has mostly men and like tosses us the women. Right. And I was like, there's, we're missing something. I know I'm missing something. I can't possibly, there's gotta be like, there's gotta be more like what is going on. And he was like, okay, here's the thing. Um, I have all of the recordings from the master classes. If you want them, I would rather not give them to you because you feel like you're missing more information and you have learned more in the last six months about business, about marketing, about sales, about like, about how to sell, like we're literally helping women sell seven figure companies. He's like, that's not like, that was a whole new realm. There's no manual for you to learn. It's been, and and it's been by doing and it, like it's pushed my boundaries so hard and I'm still like, but I need more, but I need more, but I need more. And he's like, no, ma'am, you need to go back and get the basics right. And I was like, it knocked me over like a ton of bricks. I was like, Oh, so the problem isn't, and it's crazy because of course you don't ever notice the things in yourself that you teach other people, but then like you don't recognize you're not doing right. So he was like, you, you keep trying to learn more things to get more output. You need to go back to the beginning and do what you know how to do and then get the output. And then as it becomes necessary, utilize these new things. But there's, so some, like, obviously if we're going to help somebody sell the business, I need to know how, right? Like that was necessary in that moment. Just because that exists doesn't mean I need to be learning other bigger, newer things. He's like, you think there's a whole world out here that you don't know about. And I promise you that's not true. Like you're looking for some (laughs) hidden door to some cave of information that doesn't exist. And so like, even though I say like our newest, like baby entrepreneurs, I'm just getting started with my first business, blah, blah, blah. They do it. Even those of us who have been doing it for a while, sometimes have to go back and say like, I can't learn myself to the next level. I just need to keep doing. And it's really more about production than it is consumption. I love, I love that that was a thing. No, and that, that the the point, the point that procrastination is always connected to an emotion Mm -hmm. when you, and I am, I was really good at the procrastination by learning that that's what I called that I I did. And to me, eventually it made sense because I was like, well, to become a doctor, I had to study for like a decade until I could do anything. 
Mm-hmm. So now it's like, oh, just go and do it. I'm like, what? What? And I did get certified. I went to school, but it was like so quick. It was like, that's not enough. I need all the other information. And that's exactly the thing. I was like, I'm going to learn because then someone is going to give me the answer and everything is going to be fine. When in truth, what you have to do is like, okay, let me get this one piece of information, whatever it is. And I'm going to go test it. And maybe it's going to work. Maybe it's not. And everything is information. And then you're like, oh, okay, it didn't work this way. Let's try the other way. And so on and so forth. But you have to just go and fail so that you can, you have to experiment. And you can't just like sit there like, oh, let me read all the books and no other things. And then I'm going to start like amazing. Everything's going to be perfect. I'm going to have the perfect website, the perfect sales page, whatever. It's just like, no, just go and help people. Just go (laughs) and and help people. Yeah. Just go help people. (laughs) Whatever you do that you love, somebody will pay for it. Just go help people. Yeah. Just go do it. That's amazing. Um, what is your, uh, what do you, what comes to mind when I say like, what is your greatest success moment? What was that thing that really rang true for you where you're like, dang, yes, that's a thing. And I did it. I think it was when I decided that I would, I, it was just like, this is inevitable because I'm not going to quit. So and realizing that it's, it's something that's so needed. Like we see women just feeling so bad about themselves. And I think that's the the hardest thing for me is when I have a consult with someone that I I know I can help it. It would be so easy. I'm like, oh my gosh, in six months, your life's going to be different. And they don't have the money or have to talk to whomever. Um, you know, and that to me is, uh, but oh, this is just, you have to do this so that you can not necessarily have to do this with me, but like you have to move forward from this point that you think you're stuck in so that you can, so that you can, be happy in your life and have all the things and be able to be yourself to teach your kids that. So I think when I realized that, you know, I, I can help these people and I'm not going to stop until I do it until, because I do believe if women realize how powerful we are, the world is going to be different. There's no way that all this bullshit is going to keep happening. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know. I love that. So I'm just like in this mission. I'm like, no, everybody, every woman, and especially moms, like we made humans. I mean, what are you talking about? Come on. What are we capable of? We can literally create life. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy that in our culture, these are the people who are like, you are less than. How is, how did that happen? Like, it's insane to me. I don't know. We can make babies with (sighs) like other women's bone marrow at this point. I say we just put them all under. (laughs) I'm kidding. Jesus, somebody is going to take that out of context and quote me somewhere. It's a joke. It's a joke. I'm not a feminist. This is comedy in 2021. There's a disclaimer. <laughs> all right. I'm all about like, oh man. Yeah. Because I'm all about like, yeah, smash the patriarchy. But like, I want the men to help us smash the patriarchy. Like I like exactly. men a lot. Yes. I would like for them to be there yes. for that. I would like them to recognize how broken it is and then help us fix it or just get out of the way so we can. Like, And I think that, I think there are many, like my, I, oh, my husband so have, because I talk so much about this also, like he, a lot of times like, oh man, yeah, I do have. I noticed the privilege or whatever, like he notices that things did not happen to him or it was easier for him because he's a wild, white, cis male in the U.S. and all that, you know, so. Poor, poor, poor white cis men in the U.S. They're so oppressed. 
Um, I know. <laughs> but it's nice. I mean, it's amazing to have men who are recognizing it. And that's a whole rabbit hole we could go down that we don't have time for today. Seriously. Um, but I love this. And I love that we're on the same page about those things. And I feel like that's why we resonate so well because we're on this same mm-hmm. mission of like um, really empowering women to make the change, like helping them recognize yeah. that like, yes, they're normal. They're doing shit right. Nobody expects you to be perfect. You are so powerful with what you already have. Um, I just and one thing that I'm going to add to that is yeah. that let's do the things. Let's be the entrepreneurs, the the, the millionaires, even. Yes. W- not with those rules, because those rules are the yes. patriarchy rules. Like mm-hmm. a lot, that does not work. Let's just mm-hmm. stop that. Forget all that. And yeah, there's some things here and there that you can just pick and choose, mm-hmm. but it's not like this is how you do things. And if you right, like that's all about entrepreneurship is like, yeah, you can do things so many different ways and be successful. And I think us as women, we, we know this mm-hmm. intuitively mm-hmm. and that being the norm, no, you can do things like this instead of going working nine to five and doing blah, blah, blah or sales being X, Y, and Z. Like you can do things based on, I don't know, your intuition, your cycles, crystals, oil, whatever. And it's fine. It's all fine. And it works. That's the kicker is that there isn't one system that works and women have strengths. The the argument with men is always like, well, women are different. So blah, blah, blah. Like, yes, we are. And those things are Mm -hmm. strengths. That's not a weakness. The fact that I'm willing to cry in front of my team out of joy Mm -hmm. or frustration or whatever is a strength. Like that is authentic me. I'm not storing it away to go like, let it ruin me later. Right? Like, no, you're going to see that emotion and things like, yeah, leading intuitively and saying and giving a crap about your team, like huge. Like there are so many pieces of being a woman who owns a business that are strengths that run amazing companies. I mean, we have seen some amazing companies because they're run mm-hmm. with grace and a little bit of a feminine touch, but also somebody who knows how to organize and and tell you when you're screwing up without making you feel small. Like just amazing strengths in women that we don't have to do it the way that like, we are not the madmen, and that's okay. And that's what I'm saying. If we all do that, the world's going to change. The world's going to be a better <laughs> place. I love something you said made me think of this and I really want to read it because, um, somebody posted it earlier and it really resonated with me. Um, but there's, there's nothing I can tell you that you don't already know, but I can weave a million words that might inspire you to listen to, um, the choir that you've muted in your soul. And that in being a coach and being a strategist and being somebody who empowers women. And I think that's where that came from is the empowering women. You have it in you. It exists. That's a, that's a a poem by Brahms, by the way, Brahms. Mm -hmm. Um, you have it in you. All we're really doing is like giving you ways to dig down and find it. Right. Like it's, it exists. We're just helping it flourish. Right. Right. And right. I which I think is a, it's one of the things that I absolutely love about coaching, which is the relationship as compared to therapists or whatever. And therapists are amazing. And I had a therapist for many, many years and it helped me so much. So I'm not bashing therapists by no stretch of the imagination, but it is a different relationship. I feel like the therapist is in the higher hierarchy and it's kind of like you're the expert and I'm the, the client. While the coaching like is like, we are partners. in between. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. We're just like yes, a yes, partners. Yes, yes. And like, you know all the things. I'm just going to get the answers out of you. Because to me, it's like trying to rearrange your closet while inside the closet, you know. And the coach is like, let's take all the clothes out because they're your thoughts. Let's put it on the bed. I'm like, okay, what do we do with them? Right? 
to me, that's all that is the coolest <laughs> picture that anybody has ever put. It's like trying to organize your closet from inside your closet. Yeah, because you're in your head. You don't see your thoughts. Even being a coach, right? I, I have all the tools and I still have a coach that points out things to me that I was like, oh, that's right. I don't know why that seems so fucking genius. I don't know. You know what it is? I do know what seems why that seems so genius. My ADHD cannot organize the closet to save my life. Mm. And probably because I don't, I try not to take everything out because it'll never end up back oh, in the closet. Yeah. It just stays out oh, for no. forever. You have to take everything so when out, you... put it in a bed. <laughs> And decide. But then I have to actually put it back. pile. This right? goes in the closet. Right? Yeah. Which is exactly. one of those things that like, and I can't partway do it. If we're going to do it, we're going to do oh, it. Oh, yeah. Way. Right? That picture is so beautiful. It's like trying to organize the closet from inside the closet. Oh my gosh. And I'm going to use that. I'm going to steal it. I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you credit. You can go ahead and And am I using that? I absolutely, oh gosh, I absolutely adore that. That's so fantastic. All right. So here's the last question for you. If somebody were on the edge of wanting to jump into entrepreneurship as a woman, what is the advice that you would give them? I think you need to ask yourself, uh, how much are you willing to fail? Because if you're like, very, I don't know, say a doctor and you're very used to being kind of successful in things that you do. And suddenly you do this thing that it's so much disappointment at some point. And not that's disappointment, like, oh my gosh, I'm going to cry. Like, but there's a lot of things that you're going to have to recover quickly and just like realize that, you know what, this is just part of the thing. There's no success without failure. So I think if you know, if you're really depending on other people to validate you and because that happens a lot and, you know, lawyers and, and doctors and a bunch of, you know, other professions that we have all the accolades. Like if you if you need that, especially in the beginning, maybe it's not for you. But if you're willing to go through, especially the initial phase of there's going to be a lot of things that are not going to work, but some are, and that's all information. There's just data that you're collecting and you're learning, then you, you're good. You're good to go for sure. And it's amazing. It's amazing. I'm spending summer in Colorado because I can't, I hadn't, I didn't have to tell anyone. I just packed up my family and came over here. Like nobody had to give me permission, which is amazing. And you know, like if I just don't want to work tomorrow, I don't work tomorrow. Of course I don't do that all the time because I'm a responsible person, but it's but just the freedom yeah, the freedom that you have to, that I have to be with my kids and to, you know, if they're sick to stay home and to pick them up and drop them off at school every day. And not, these kinds of things that I would never have if I, if I was a doctor, mm. um, to me, it's, it's worth all the, all the doors in your face. <laughs> I love, and I love that you left medicine to be with your kids and then being with your kids all the time is what led you to saying like, I need a break and I need to do this thing that teaches other women that it's okay to not yeah. only be the Pinterest mom. Like it's, it almost came full circle. You yeah. know what I mean? Like that's, yeah. that's such an awesome thing. That's such an awesome <laughs> thing. And yeah, I've never had to, uh, it's been a really long time since I've had to put in a slip for two weeks off in the summer. And you took the whole summer and went to Colorado. Isn't it amazing? Yeah. It's such I mean, a, I'm still working, but I can work right. here. But you can work there. <laughs> yeah. I could, we talked about getting like a, a, bus. Cause I could totally just live on a bus with my kids and, and work from anywhere. If I had the, I would have to have a nanny, I think to take care of them yeah. while I did like hard work. Like that's, that's work literally stuff, the but. only thing. Cause like I see, especially here in Colorado, like the amount of RVs and all that we see is just, mm -hmm. and we travel a lot by RV. 
But I'm like, okay, I just, I just want my kids to go. You have to go away <laughs> during the day <laughs> because they also they love school and they love daycare, so it's good for I them. So that. you know, it's 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 good for all of us. <laughs> it is. I love that. Yeah. You have to go away if I'm going to miss you. I can't miss you if you never leave. Is always bad. yeah. <laughs> you, have to, you have to go so I can miss you, so I can love you more when you come back. I don't love right. my kids more or less, but you know what I mean. Awesome. <laughs> well, man. Okay, so uh, shattered glass symposium. You'll yeah, be here so for as a keynote. I am so stinking excited. And she's helping us lead a couple of breakout rooms. So if you want to get super close to Dr. Manuela Powell and this like authentic, amazing mother who can teach you all of these amazing things, um, she's going to teach us about business. She's going to teach us about life. It's going to be absolutely phenomenal. So if you want to be there, shatteredglasssymposium.com. If you want to be there for the VIP events that are happening before this episode drops. So if you want to come to our Diamond Gala, if you want to come to the Speakeasy, if you want to be there for the Green Room and the Masterminds and the sales workshops, y'all, we should have charged more for this. The more I say it out loud, the more I'm just like floored <laughs> at how little the VIP ticket costs. But if you want to do all those things, shatteredglasssymposium.com, make sure you grab that VIP ticket and we'll get you into all of those amazing things and nice and close to Dr. Manuela Powell so that you can pick her brain about whatever yes. she'll be there to socialize and make sure you check out her group on Facebook, Audacious Motherhood. Manuela, thank you so much for spending time with thank us today. You. This was absolutely amazing. Thank you. That was amazing to chat with you. And I'm so excited we get to meet in person in October. Yay! The biggest bear hug. I hope you don't mind physical touch. Oh, no, I love that. hugs. Yes, yes, please. And actually, yeah. for the people who are going to meet me, if you don't like hugs, please let me know in advance. But it's happening. I appreciate that. Awesome. You are so awesome. Thank you, man. Thanks for listening to that episode of She's a Powerhouse. If you loved this, whatever platform you're on right now, why don't you go down and hit that subscribe button if you're feeling super nice. You can leave us a review, leave us a comment, and share us with other badass women in your life. Thank you.